You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple. Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow. Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. You good? I'm good. I am too. Um, I, I, um, I'm a little frazzled. That's because we just didn't really have a breather before this. Yeah, so I, I need to make sure I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put it on you. <laughs> But if, if, if you get this wrong, then I'm be like, it's your fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, I'll take my line. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh-huh. The team. All right. Listen, we got some great guests. Yeah, we do. We have some great guests. I, I um, had the privilege of connecting with one half of this team on uh, Clubhouse, which is fast becoming the... Uh, the, the space yeah, of because, my existence. Well, no, that's, that's, you're, not, that's, you're not on there. You got to get on there. It's not the bane. See, we meet people like this when we get on there. This is true. You see what I'm saying? This so is it's, true. It's, it's a fantastic uh, tool. So who do we have? Who Today, do we, have? we are speaking with Kevin and Linda Richard. Linda is the founder of Linda Richard Coaching. It, she is an integrative life and relationship coach. And we are so glad that you both are here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you all very much. It's our pleasure. Listen, we are going to jump right into this, right? Listen, we want to know what an integrative life and relationship coach is and what an integrative life and relationship coach does. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. What we first want to know <laughs> Because we are suckers for a love story. Everybody, everybody who listens to this knows that if a couple is on as guests, we're gonna ask. We're gonna go there. Right. Kevin so. and <laughs> we want to know how Kevin and Linda met. Do you want to take this first or do you want me to start? <laughs> you take it. Because I can say something that get me in trouble. <laughs> okay. A lot of times there's always two versions to this story. Oh, <laughs> oh there is. <laughs> See? <laughs> but like I said, I'm not getting in trouble. I lived in Texas and he lived in Louisiana. I was asked to come to Louisiana and help out with a fundraiser um, benefit for somebody who had cancer. I was put up at his mother's house for the weekend. And that is where we met <laughs> was at his mom's house. Um, he was there standing outside um, the driveway. I didn't know these people at all. The person who was supposed to introduce me never showed up. So I had to go in this stranger's house and introduce myself. So there's him and his two buddies standing outside his mom's house. And I just grabbed my suitcase and like zoom right past them. Like I don't even see him and walk to the door and knock on the door. Later on after dinner, like we sit down and have a conversation and it was like, we had known each other our entire lives. Like everything flowed freely. Conversation was amazing. And then I left that following Sunday. And, um, as I'm leaving, 
he's getting off of work. He worked at the prison unit and um, he exchange, he wants to exchange numbers right before I leave. So just to pause that, I called, I called a speeding ticket trying to make it home to get her number. Wow. wow. <laughs> I was speeding back from home. It was I a- didn't know that till way later. <laughs> and so long distance relationship two or three months of nothing but phone calls and um, really just, we spent the two or three months getting to know each other because there was, you know, we lived in different States. Um, so it was really in-depth, deep conversation, figuring out who we are, you know, each other is and our morals, our beliefs, our life goals. And it, we just really connected uh, verbally first. Okay. And that was, that was it. I mean, really, that was the start of it. Yeah, if I had, like you said, uh, trade secrets, if I had to drop a trade secret, okay. start your relationship on the phone. Because I fell in love with her over the phone. Like, no first date, that it, no physical touch, just I fell in love with her over the phone. Wow. Long, I remember conversations when I saw the sunrise, we were on wow. the phone. That's awesome. Wow, that is awesome. Now, how long were you long distance? Four months. It was four months after you moved here? No. January, February, March, April, May, January. <laughs> seven months. Seven, <laughs> seven, seven months, months and seven, seven months. And every other weekend, I made a four-hour trip. <laughs> oh, oh, nice, sweet, nice. And yeah. I, I was going to ask you, but that's part of the answer. I was going to ask you what you felt like were some of the things that that gave you that staying power, if you will, mm-hmm. to to be apart seven months. But you guys saw each other pretty much periodically yeah. throughout that time. That's huh? great. Yeah. We did. did. Um, it was maybe once a month we would see each other. Okay. So it wasn't like we never saw each other throughout the seven months. Gotcha. Do you think that your relationship would have been as, well, not your relationship, but do you think that you would have felt the same way, Kevin, if you didn't get to see her every month? Would it have made it more That's difficult, do you think, or not necessarily? Not necessarily. because. Okay. Just for the simple fact that she was always honest, like that is one thing that I do admire about her, whether even to the point to where like I wouldn't say it gets her in trouble, but just she's not shy and she's not uh, afraid to tell me something that may make me uncomfortable. She's never been that way. So I always had that comfort of she's always going to be honest. Very good. That's great. I like that. So can I ask another question? I'm kind of going back, just taking a step back just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Kevin, when you saw Linda get out of the car when she first um, pulled up to your mom's house and she walked straight past you and your buddies, did you know even know that she was coming? No, I had no idea. Like I knew my oh. mom, I knew my mom was running the fundraiser. Okay. I had no idea she was coming. So when she showed up and I saw her get out the car and my eyes lit up and I looked at my buddy and my buddy looked at me. He's like, "I'm going." I'm like, "All right, bye." <laughs> That's great. Ah, I love it. I love it. So seven months, right? Um, Now, did you guys get married after the seven months or what happened after the seven month period? No, after seven months, I moved to Louisiana. Okay. And how that happened, I have no idea. Because if y'all see the difference between where she's from and where we're at now, my mind is still blown how I got her down here. I have no idea. Well, it wasn't him that got me down here. It was definitely God that got me down yes, here. Absolutely. Um, I am big in my faith and uh, I've always been one to serve and be in ministry. And while I was living in Texas, I was um, 
regular in a Bible study. And I started leading my own small group Bible study for women. And as we grew and connected, um, now just a little back history. My ex-husband is from this town too, Mm -hmm. and we never lived here. And I always swore this was a, not the place I would ever move to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this moving here was never on my radar. It was like not going to happen. But as we connected and he talked about, cause he was seeking out and searching in his faith. Um, we were talking about our faith and our spirituality and serving, serving God in that way. I felt God patting it on my heart to move down here. And I was like, Oh no, God, <laughs> I'll do anything you want, but that is not one place I'm going to go. <laughs> I dug my heels in for a while. And then I, I had a mentor in my church and I kind of reached out to her and I, I had coffee with her one day and I'm like, you know, I feel God calling me down there, but there is nothing for me there. Nothing for me there. This town is nothing but offshore workers. And so there's a lot of drinking, a lot of partying. Like I could not find the good people here. I could not find the good habits. Like there was nothing I could find positive to, to moving down here other than, you know, he was here. And my mentor reminded me, she's like, God calls you to be a light, right? You know, you have all this here. What do they have? Mm. Maybe this wow. is your calling is to bring it there. Wow. And when I got here is when I um, met the person that actually trained to become a life coach. So if not moving for here, I would have never ended up in this life coaching. So, wow. So it's, it's all part of a plan. Yeah. Wow. And that was going to be my next question. Were you already a life coach? before you moved there or even before you met Kevin. So no, you weren't. No, I was not. Um, Our relationship was one of, one of the things that kind of kickstarted that. Um, I love this man. He's an amazing man. Uh, This is marriage number four for me. So I always would say like, I always, I know how to pick them. I always pick the bad guys or the wrong ones. And there were behaviors and actions that did justify me like quote unquote labeling them, but I was never actually able to see like my part in it. Mm-hmm. Then I meet this like amazing guy and we're in a relationship and some of the old stuff is still happening. Some of the old stuff is still coming up. It's like, okay, so even with a good one, like all this stuff is coming up. So that's when I sought out a coach for myself mm-hmm. to gotcha. do some healing for myself. And that's when I started diving into like my past trauma, my past abuse, the things that I've experienced in life that I was bringing into this relationship with this amazing man mm-hmm. that was causing me to self-sabotage and fail in advance with him. Wow. Wow. That's so, so literally as, as we see with, with often with a lot of folks that mm-hmm. are in this profession, it comes just literally out of your playbook. Yeah. Like the passion was birthed out of your playbook. Yeah. Um, which I love because what that does for a lot of folks is it allows a level of authenticity with their clientele that you may not normally get. Mm-hmm. Right. You get some folk that can, you know, spew some textbook stuff at you and give you, you know, these cliche type. Right. <laughs> you know, verbiage, but they don't have a connection to their clients. And so when when your passion is birthed out of your playbook, 
that connection is felt, it's seen. I, I love that. I love that. Do me a favor. You mentioned that this is number four, right? Yes. So I want you to give a trade secret too, because often, right, we don't give enough attention to individuals who are are traveling this journey for a, another time, mm-hmm. right? And I won't go into all of that, but you know, I'm sure you know as you deal with as you went through your life and as you deal with your clients that sometimes the the divorced person, the remarried person doesn't always get the same level of intentionality as it relates to being led through their journey. So, what would you say to uh, the man or woman who is coming out of a situation or has already come out of a, a marriage and is looking to begin again, what what would you say to that person? I would say that a failed marriage does not make you a failure. Mm. That there is no shame in things not working out. It does take two people uh, for a marriage to work and two people aren't always willing to give what it takes to figure out the healing that is required to make a marriage work. So yeah, just, just because a fair, a marriage fails does not make you a failure. And so just let go of the shame about that. Wow. I like that. I like that too, because a lot of times that shame, even if it's subconsciously can prevent you from moving forward and, and it will, I guess, affect your next potential relationship. If you're holding on to that shame mm-hmm. of man, you know, I messed up or whatever. It's in the back of your mind. I'm sure that you think about that when you're trying to go into another relationship. If you're holding on to it and thinking that you are a failure instead of just that the relationship failed. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. And in that too, like me, I had been married and divorced three times and he'd never been married before. So I was already, I was judging myself for him thinking like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, he's gotta be thinking something negative about the fact that like I've failed at marriage three times before we even entered into this relationship. So I like that you said that Kevin, you you were judging yourself for him because that's often what we do, right? We we've already kind of placed this cloak, if you will. Yeah. On us, you know, because we feel like maybe that's what the other person will see. Right. So we're like, okay, we feel like that's what the other person will see. So that's what I'm going to wear. And, and it's, it's freeing to understand what you just said. Yes. That uh, a failed marriage does not make you a failure, Mm -hmm. right? That's free. That's going to be freeing for a lot of folks. Yeah. I like that. Because often we take on the characteristics of the situation, but they, the two are not always aligned. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's beautiful. I love, 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 love that. Yeah. Kevin, I want to ask you real quick, we're going to get into what integrated life, what an integrated life and relationship coach does. But I just want to ask you with this being your first and you don't got to go deep at all, but did you do any cartwheels in your mind as you kind of played this thing through and like, okay, what am I getting myself into? Or, <clears throat> Were, were there any cautionary moments? Oh, absolutely. There were a ton. Okay. Just because, well, for one, like being down here, and I'm sure Linda can attest to that, like people down here make marriage seem 
so easy. They make marriage seem like, you know, there's no problems. And, you know, my parents, they always hid their problems and they always, you know, they never really taught me like what it's like to get through problems. It's just everyone down here. And this is all I've been taught is if you have a problem, something's wrong with the relationship. Like, you know, then, you know, you need need to take a break. Maybe they're not the one. And I was never taught how to work through a problem till I dug into God in which before her, like she told you, I was already on my search for God. And before her, I worked at a psych and detox unit. And surprisingly, at such a dysfunctional place, like where you meet probably the most dysfunctional people is where I found that not everyone's perfect, where I found, you know, there's beauty in people that you would never expect to find beauty in. And like she told you, the first time I met her, our conversation, the one thing that made me fall in love with her was her faith, because I was on a search for my faith. And I wanted to, I had an image of what I wanted my faith to be. And when I spoke with her that first night, it, she, she gleamed that she, she didn't hold back talking about God with me. She didn't hold back what her faith brought her to. And then as we go through the relationship and, you know, as everyone knows, when you go, when you start getting digging deeper and deeper with somebody, skeletons start coming out. So they start scaring you yeah. and this and that. But like I said, that honest portion of her just always made me be able to push forward and her resilience and what she had been through. because. I couldn't imagine enduring everything that she has gone through and still doing everything that she's doing. Yeah. So like out of like, you know, you hear most relationships, it's most relationships. It's the man that's, you know, head of the household and he's taken on the most. Well, in ours, it's kind of reversed. Like I look to her for like inspiration and just a lot, a lot of guidance. Mm -hmm. Like she guided me a lot of the way. And you figure like in most relationships, it was reversed, but I couldn't imagine going what she has gone through. And so really her resilience is what kept me going. Mm. Wow. That's great. Fantastic. That's good. I love um, what you said, Kevin, because let's, let's, let's be honest, right? There, there would be some apprehensions, right? There would be some, whatever word you want to use, right? But, the seeking that I believe you were already doing, I think, mm-hmm. was paramount to how you took on that responsibility, mm-hmm. if you will. I think that's phenomenal, man. And I, I just yeah. want you to, for that person, whether man or woman, who is about to go into that scenario where this is their first marriage, but it's not their significant other's first marriage. What would you, what piece of advice would you give that person as it relates to quieting the noise enough Mm -hmm. to make clear and concise decisions and be for that person what they need? Mm. Uh, Oh God, that's hard. Because I, anything in regards to relationships and advice that I give anybody, it always comes from God. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, big on spirituality i'm big on it like so when when it comes to that i always try and tell people and 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 i know it's such a cliche but put yourself in their shoes and and I, i know that's such a cliche but 
like I said, it, and I, I find the more honest Linda is with people, the more people tend to draw to her because I've heard, I'm, I'm not the only one that talks about her past and like how she's gotten through so much, but I guess I grew up kind of differently because being in a psych unit and like dealing with not, and when you think of psych, you always think of like, you know, these people that just walk around in straight jackets, but that's not what it is. We get people who are depressed, people mm -hmm. who are suicidal. Yeah. So people who are, you know, dealing with a lot. So I already had a prior experience in dealing with people who look at themselves as unworthy or not worthy of so many things, like for instance, a relationship like what we have. Mm -hmm. But if the best piece of advice that I could give to somebody would be push through, because you know how the cliche goes, you know, it's not the good times that judge a relationship, it's the bad times. And when I look back at what me and Linda have gone through and put each other through and have endured, come together and gotten through, when I stop and think about that, it makes me that much more proud and love her that much more that we are that strong of a couple to endure because you can't say you're a strong couple if you've never endured anything. If you're in a relationship and you've never endured, that's probably because you're not trying oh, Wow! because we're both trying to grow. But like when I look at her, I look at her as a, on a completely different level than where I'm at. And on a different scale, because, you know, I like, for instance, I wanted to become a pastor for a long time. And so we we kind of butt heads on that because I kind of struggled with what, you know, being a pastor is supposed to be and what the family supposed to look like and whatnot. So I, I struggled with that stereotypical thing. And she was right there with the coaching, for instance to help me get through that. Mm -hmm. So like I said, just endure because I promise you as much as the good times make me appreciate this marriage, the hard times make it that much more special. Yeah. I love it. Push through because and endure. Absolutely. I love that. So just push through and endure, and endure because I promise you the payoff, especially in like integrative life culture for anybody who wants to try it, I mean, I've seen such a difference in her, such a difference, man. That's fantastic. That's awesome. And that's a, that's a fantastic segue. Now, for those of you who are listening, you just got a major trade secret, right? And this trade secret is not just for individuals who are be getting remarried. This is for individuals that are in relationships, period. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there are ebbs and flows, right? Yeah. And in those ebbs and flows, you need to be able to push through and endure. Yep. Fantastic. And you talked about integrative life coaching, right? So let's let's talk about that a little bit. I explain uh, to our listeners what that is um, and, and how is that beneficial to, to, uh, to relationships? Okay. So I am an integrative relationship and intimacy coach, um, certified integrative life coach, I, the integrative part is really um, connecting that lost or forgotten piece 
um, what that's resulted from trauma back into yourself so that you can become whole. So when we have trauma or experience trauma or abuse, um, whether it be early childhood or in adulthood, we kind of lose a piece of ourselves and we're walking around like not complete, not whole. And that's allowing all sorts of things that aren't truly ours to come in and fill that spot. Mm -hmm. So until we pull that, little girl that was abused or sexually assaulted, heal her and place her back within us, then we're not going to act or behave as our true authentic self because we're going to be reactive um, from that emotional place you were when the trauma happened. So the integrative part is just reconnecting where you were when the trauma happened healing that and pulling it back to present time. Hmm. Well, okay, man. So that's that, awesome. So you, I would imagine really have some intense sessions, if you will, as it relates to individuals going through that unpacking process, because mm-hmm. often we don't, we, we stuff that in yeah. our baggage, mm-hmm. right? We don't necessarily in a healthy way, unpack that. And so I would imagine that 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 piece of of the puzzle, if you will, can get kind of intense, I would imagine. Absolutely. And the thing is, is a lot of people like myself included, I didn't even realize that I wasn't running the show. I wasn't in control of my emotions. I wasn't in control of my behavior. I didn't realize that subconsciously that terrified, humiliated little 10 year old girl was really the one emotionally running my show every day. Wow. 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 My goodness. That's, oh. that's something to think about. Cause I just think about just some of the things that we've experienced. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And some of the things now that maybe we could point back to. Right. That would shed light, if you will. Yeah. On, on, on how we used the current, hurts, if you will, mm. uh, against each other. Mm. Yeah. Based on some of those things that 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 weren't dealt with. How and and obviously there's no quick fix, but what would you say would be the first step for someone who is who has made the decision now that they want to figure out how to unpack this and move forward? Well, really awareness is the first step. And a lot of times it takes reaching out and connecting with somebody else because we can't always see our own mess. And it takes sometimes an outside perspective to show it back to us or to mirror it for us. And that was one thing like Kevin was for me. He was like a huge mirror for me um, in regards to a lot of my personal trauma. Um, he is a very loving and touchy and affectionate person. And that's just who he is. And I was like, not the hugger, not the touchy feely type. And that caused a lot of tension because he just did it without thinking, you know, his assumption is like, everybody loves to be hugged. Everybody loves to be loved. Um, but for me, physical touch, just because of my past experiences. And at this time, I I didn't know that's why. I, I didn't even dawn on me or occur to me that my past sexual trauma or my past physical abuse is what caused me to not like physical touch. Mm. So hugs, embraces, kisses, it was like my skin would crawl. It was like, 
a torture chamber when his arms were around me, but I loved him and I didn't want to make him feel bad. So every time that came up, it, it re-triggered that old emotion for me. So he was my mirror in that instance because he was bringing that up for me. And I had to see like, I logically consciously, I do want to hug him. I do want to kiss him. Why do I feel this way? Um, so I was able to start digging in there. Mm. So being aware that think the way you feel on the inside is not aligning with what you want to do on the outside and connecting with somebody that can be your mirror, help show you or reflect back to you what it is, because we don't always see um, clearly what the issue is. Like, like I wasn't aware. I didn't know that. I just, I just labeled myself as like, not the touchy feely type. Right. I always, I had just always, always assumed that's just me. That's just my personality until the day I wanted to be the touchy feely type <laughs> and I couldn't. Mm, that's good. Wow. That's awesome. Kevin, did you, did you at, I know you must've asked her a million times, like what, what is it that makes you not want to, why are you not the touchy feely type? So did you both go to counseling for Linda not being the touchy feely type or did talking it through with Kevin? Was that enough? It was really the coaching. I connected, I'm a licensed massage therapist. So, you know, God has his hand in everything. And so the space that I rent for my massage therapy, the person who owns the building actually teaches integrative life coaching. And so I connected with her in regards to, you know, this is my fourth marriage. I love this man. I want to make it work and it's not working and I can't figure out why. And she helped me like see that there are backstory reasons or past traumas that are causing it. Like, I didn't even know, like, the past, you know, everybody says the past is the past. Well, it's not the past if you haven't processed it. Wow. True, because you're still bringing it with you. Don't, right. Those of you listening, don't let that slip by. The past is not the past if you have not processed it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's serious. And Kevin, as the, I love how Linda described you as the mirror, mm-hmm. right? And as the mirror, the mirror doesn't have, if you think about an actual mirror, the mirror doesn't have any control over what the person does after they look in it. So they may look in it and see a flaw, but they're like, I'm leaving the house anyway. (laughs) Right. So I would imagine in your position as the mirror that it would take a a level of patience Mm -hmm. and, and love to be able to allow Linda to look in that mirror. And at a time where she may not even be in a position to change what she sees, Mm -hmm. just kind of, Talk a little bit about how, how that was for you. Uh, well, like, like, like I always tell everybody, I, I come from a very different background. My mom always said I was, I'll, biggest thing, one of the biggest things I always wanted to be from a very, I say very young age, probably in my teens, was a father. Mm-hmm. So I always had kind of like that caring. So like I grew up like, my little brother was kind of like the mischief kid. He was always the one getting in trouble. I was always the people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I was the people pleaser that, you know, 
I did whatever my parents wanted. I did. Mm-hmm. So that going into and like for her, her biggest thing is integrative life coach. My biggest thing is the psych unit that I worked at because that's where I got so many like life experiences without actually experiencing it. Yeah. And so going into that along with my people pleasing, and then I started spiritual groups and counseling and doing counseling and all that. So I kind of had a head start, gotcha. but being that mirror, the biggest thing I could tell people is like, when you see your spouse, you know, being angry or being upset, you know, no one wants to be that. So you always have to remember when there's a negative emotion, there's a reason for that negative emotion. We don't choose, nobody in this world chooses a negative emotion. Nobody in this world chooses to be angry. Nobody in this world chooses to be sad. So I always knew there was a reason, but again, with my back history, I always knew that it's not something that people just come out and tell you. You know, if you don't have any counseling background or if you don't have any background dealing with something, we f- tend to forget that patience is key. Mm-hmm. That, you know, even when you have something uncomfortable that you want to tell somebody or that you want to get out, it, it's not you don't just walk up to the next person that you see and start talking about it. Right. It has to build a relationship. So I had that understanding prior to going into our relationship that it took patience, understanding, but you have to remember, just like we talk about, you know, I always go back to God when, it, when we talk about God's timing. We have to remember that God's timing is not our timing and our timing for our spouse that we place that time frame on them is not the same time frame that they're looking at. Yeah, that's good. So it, that's uh, I always think that's a great way that God, you know, plays, you know, his word plays into a relationship is just like his timing isn't our timing nor is your spouse's timing the same as your timing. That, that's gold, man. That's a trade secret. That's gold. Because <laughs> what it says in Ephesians, right? It, it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm. Right? Yeah. Think about how God deals with us. Long suffering. Right. In the times where we're not, either we're not ready mm-hmm. Or we refuse, yeah. or we yep. don't even know that we need to make a change. Yeah, absolutely. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. But one more thing, if I can add into that, is one thing that I, when I did my spiritual groups, this was always like almost at the end of every one of my uh, groups. How, when I talk to people, especially about relationships, it's funny because I did a lot more relationship things in. Because I, I don't know why, just uh, I guess people in relationships just always were so eager to open up and their first thing was to complain. But either way, <laughs> but so, I mean, I guess they just wanted to like vent to me and not expect me to respond back. But either way, so I always talk about like, OK, you see the way you're responding and the way you're acting towards your spouse. Could you imagine if God were to react the same way you're reacting and would have the same thought process that you're having right now, how bad it would be for all of us. Oh my God. Yeah. So when you start reacting that way, think about if God were to react that way. That's Man. huge. That's huge. That changes the game yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, it does. Because that is a perspective that we often don't take on. You're right. When we're in that moment. Right. Doing that, doing what Kevin just said, right, Mm -hmm. allows us to step back Mm -hmm. and reassess the scenario through a completely different lens. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
That's phenomenal. Yeah. I, that that alone, being cognizant of that and actually living that out could in and of itself be the catalyst for change in somebody's relationship. Yeah. It may Absolutely. not fix it completely, but it will spin you around and point uh-huh. you in a different direction. Yeah. 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 Man, that's absolutely. I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. So listen, we're gonna wrap it up. I promise. I, you know, I, I told you. Uh-uh. I can go. I'm I'm loving this conversation. So we can go as long as you want. So I, I, we, you know, we don't want to keep you forever, but absolutely. Not. I, I want to talk about the intimacy piece, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> because the the intimacy piece it is, and and correct me, Linda, if I'm wrong. I feel like that's a follow up piece that can only be addressed in a way that would allow for growth once you have gone through the the other stuff that you do, unpacking the trauma for someone, being able to, yeah. you know, do some redirection and, and, and some healing, then they can move into this space where they are now in a place where they can begin to, de- to develop and grow intimacy. Talk about what the growth of intimacy looks like in a relationship. Like how how do we begin that process to to grow and maintain intimacy in our relationships? Well, let me just cover intimacy in itself first. Absolutely. A lot of people think connect or say intimacy equals sex and intimacy is not sex by itself. Yeah, Intimacy is so much more than sex. It is loving and touching and kissing and hugging, but it's also the deep connection of just needing to be close to one another, being able to go through your day, come back home, crawl in bed. And even if y'all had disagreements throughout the day, even if you had fights in the day, Yesterday. getting, <laughs> so, <yeah. getting> <laughs> same, <laughs> getting in bed same. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what transpired through the day, that intimacy, that connection is so deep that it, the arguments or the fights aren't going to make you separate at night. You're still going to come to the same bed. You're still going to, I have this thing where I have to be touching him at night, even if it's just my foot has to be like touching his leg, you know, you still have that connection. Yeah. It, it, it makes it to where the, the disagreements, the fighting, the not seeing eye to eye, it doesn't allow a wall to separate you. Mm-hmm. That's what the intimacy does. Yeah. Um, I know for myself, before I met him, I had no clue what intimacy was, not a clue. I was on the same page as many people and thought intimacy meant sex. And I was so out of touch with intimacy because of my past trauma that I wasn't even able to have sex or be physical with people without being intoxicated. That's how out of touch with my body and with being physical with others I was. So coming to a place in my life where I no longer drank and here I am with somebody I'm married to and was struggling to be physical with, I realized there's a huge intimacy problem here. Mm. Again, I was just thinking the sex aspect, but that was like one of the driving factors of healing that intimacy. Um, But being able to become 
more intimate physically was like a segue into being able to be more connected on the deeper intimate levels with conversation, with mindset, with emotional, um, the emotional aspects of it as well. So it's all connected. It's all connected. It is all connected. I agree with that. It is all connected. And and it's important to, to note what you said that, you know, many of us do approach intimacy just from a sexual uh, position, but there's so much more to that. You talked about emotions, you talked about connection, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and how those are all intertwined into what intimacy is. And and I love that. That's a great reminder um, for us and for those that are listening, because there is a connection that needs to happen. Yeah. Right. And that connection is crucial to the growth of your relationship. So for those of you that are listening, you've heard us say, you've heard us talk about it before, right? You've heard us talk about the different areas of intimacy and some of those things and how important they are to um, maintaining your overall connection. So I love that, that you, that you spoke about that because that's great reinforcement as it relates to that. Listen, (laughs) we could talk to you all day long, right? And, you know, for those of you who are interested in Uh, integrative life and relationship coaching. Linda is the person that you need to connect with Mm -hmm. and we'll allow her to tell us how we can connect with her. But first, before we do that, I just want to play a quick game with you. (laughs) Nothing you got to think about. Don't got to prepare. Very easy. What are we doing? So we call it the 60 second think fast And I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions because it's the two of you here. I'll alternate and I'll ask you a question first, Linda, and then I'll ask you a question, Kevin. So each of you will end up answering five questions. Each question (laughs) will have a choice of two answers. You have to pick one answer. For example, what's your favorite color, red or blue? What Flavor, do you prefer chocolate or vanilla? And you have to pick one of those. It's called 60 Second Think Fast because you have to answer these questions in 60 seconds. And we kind of put you under a little bit of pressure. Oliver sets the timer and you have to try and answer these questions within 60 seconds. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because I kind of fumbled through that. Sorry. (laughs) I'm ready when you are. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, Linda, I'm going to start with you. Here we go. See the movie or read the book? Read the book. Kevin, summer or winter? Summer. Linda, morning person or night owl? Morning. Kevin, small town or big city? Small town. Linda, car or truck? Truck. <laughs> Kevin, gym or outdoor exercise? Jim. Linda, tropical island or ski resort? Tropical island. Kevin, action movie or comedy? Comedy. Linda, baseball or football? Football. Last one, Kevin. Try a new dish or play it safe? Try a new dish. Yeah, to the time. You had plenty of time (laughs) left. (laughs) (laughs) Got a lot of time left. So you guys are in Louisiana, right? Yes. Yes. Saints fans? 
No. Okay. I'm a Texas native, but I'm still not a Cowboys fan either. I'm. Well, let me say this: I'm not an NFL fan. I'm. There's too much drama into it. I'm more of a college fan. I love watching them boys play them heart, play their hearts out. So I am an LSU fan. Yeah, our son is like that as well. College guy too. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. This this was an awesome conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, I I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'd love to do another one. Mm -hmm. I'd love to. Absolutely. Talk about some absolutely. Things. I love conversations like this. I like I said, I used to do like spiritual groups, and before that, it was just like regular groups before they became spiritual. So I love that I can, you know, it and it wasn't until I met Linda that I found people that I can actually have these conversations with where it's not just me talking and me having to feel, you know, the whole 30 minutes or my groups used to be an hour, and so I'd have to think of everything because. I'm in a group where like everybody's trying to listen to me, but nobody wants to speak. So I love having these type of back and forth conversations and, you know, learning as well as, you know, giving a piece of advice. Love and it. I love it. Love and this, it. Well, this, you guys yeah, sure did you that. Definitely did that. Definitely <laughs> we appreciate some it. awesome trade secrets. And listen, before we let you go, we want to thank you, first of all, for for lending your time. But before before we let you go, um, we need to know, Linda, how we can. There's so many individuals who uh, who need what mm-hmm. you offer. So yeah, how, how sure. can we get in touch with you? Let us know any programs, things that you have that we can uh, connect with. Okay. Yes. I'm Linda Richard. I am an integrative relationship and intimacy coach. And you can find me on Facebook at Linda Richard Coaching. Uh, it will come up as The Confident Life. Um, I have my website, lindarichard.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A-R-I-C-H-A-R-D.com. And you can also find me on Clubhouse at Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, Richard, R-I-C-H-A-R-D. Nice. We'll make sure that that is in the show notes for you all. If you did not write that down fast enough, man, this was good. Very, this was very good. great information. This we was good. appreciate I, you sharing with yeah. us and opening we appreciate up. Appreciate y'all having us. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. And 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 let me just say last thing. I appreciate. I'll tell you what I took away. Well, I took a whole lot away. We wrote notes. We, mm-hmm. we got paper. <laughs> <laughs> the, the man, that the spiritual component, man, that you brought in, man, when you talk, when you gave that parallel between. God mm-hmm. does with us. Yes. And what we do with our spouses subsequently, man, that is. Yeah, yeah man. That, that's a game changer, man. So I appreciate you both um, for taking this time out to uh, to speak with us. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having us. I enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. This has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Until next time, God bless.